M1 is the finance super app where you can invest, borrow, save, and spend all in one place. You set your strategy and they automate it for free in an easy to use app. M1 is making money management easier, smarter, and more automated than ever. If you're like me and you struggle to make time for investing or anything really, M1 is the best set it and forget it investing app I've ever used. Go to m1finance.com slash Katoon to get started today and earn $30 to invest after you fund your account. Terms and conditions apply. M1, yours to build. I am here talking to Anna today about wealth management. We are going to talk about a lot of things. And, you know, if we had done this podcast a week ago or even earlier this week, uh, I feel like it'd be a really, really long crying show or maybe a really, really short show. (laughs) Today is the first day where things are actually like in the green a little bit, or at least it was a lot. Let's double check. This is uh, not as live, but we're going to check right now. Yeah, we're in the green today. So, Things are looking up. It has been chaos in the markets for everyone for the last week and change and feels like the last month, to be honest. Um, so I'm, I'm interested to, to talk about your company, Addition Wealth, but I'm really interested to talk more about why and how you got into it and what the differentiators are. And I think, like I kind of said at the top here, this conversation would be so different if we'd had it even as much as three months ago, just the, the way people view the world of, of finance. So uh, let's jump right into it. What is like, I guess at the top, what is addition wealth? And then we'll, we'll get into how we got here. So great to be here. Thank you so much for having me. Um, I'm Anna CEO at, at addition wealth. Our mission is to make personalized financial expertise, inclusive and accessible to everyone. Right. And we do this by partnering with companies who bring us on. So they bring on addition wealth as a benefit. And then we're able to provide personalized financial expertise to all of their employees as a free service and benefit to their employees. So is this something, is this like on the PEPM model where like they effectively they're telling their, their staff, like we're, we want you to invest in yourself. We want to help you understand wealth management. We're paying you a salary. We'd like you to get the most out of it. And they're offering this to their employees for free. And I presume that they're paying you some sort of percentage for the value add. Exactly. So they, they pay us and then everything is included. And the goal is really for us to help every single employee maximize every dollar that they're earning and every dollar that they have. So your question around what those conversations look like today versus three months ago, maybe they're slightly different, but we actually go straight to each employee and to each company and we say, okay, what are the questions and the needs that are top of mind for you and how can we help solve them? I think this is so important. We've had, obviously anyone who listens to this show knows that I've been talking and dabbling and doing investing and we've had just about every platform imaginable on uh, that does very different things. And this is one of those where if I could go back to the, the boardroom in 2018 and 19 with my Technori team talking about the emergence of crypto, talking about you know Robinhood and like self-management. And I think everyone was kind of like, myself included, was like, we'd never had that kind of exposure so like the idea of a Wall Street bets, the idea of like even thinking about chasing, a, a, aping or YOLOing into uh, a, a stock was not even a thing. And, you know, in reality, while I do think it was good, save for those who are going to go bankrupt today as a result of it, but I do think it was good that people had access to financial opportunities. 
the, op- the opportunity to get on an app and make deals and, and that kind of thing. It, it is all good for financial literacy. But it also, I think, set us back a lot because I, I think you miss out on having the fundamental understanding of what your family and life goals and needs are and how to get it as opposed to like get rich quick, which is what it kind of felt like. So I, I would love from the addition wealth side of this, what are you seeing in businesses? Obviously it's a little different post COVID there's remote, but like pre COVID it was the water cooler. What are you invested in kind of stuff? And that kind of stuff is, can be great, but also dangerous. I'm, I'm just curious what you see and how, how as a company you guys address, give me like an example of a couple of, you don't have to say their names, obviously a couple of individuals uh, stories and how you would address it. Yeah, it's a great question. So I guess what I would say is, um, and, and part of the reason why I started the company is because there's actually a massive, massive gap in the market between people who want access to better personalized financial expertise and those who get it. Today, yep. it's it's extremely expensive to find, right? There's a lot of generic information out there, but personal finances are super complex, right? And so if you want to get targeted on your situation and your needs and get an expert answers to what to do, that's massively expensive, right? Even at some of the lower cost brokerages, they really only want to talk to you if you have upwards of a million dollars of assets at that institution. And if you go and partner with the financial advisor, they're going to expect a long-term relationship with you. It's going to be one person that you work with, and it's going to cost you thousands of dollars per year on a recurring basis. So as a result, a lot of people just choose not to opt in, either because they can't afford it or they don't see the value, right? But what that leaves is this massive gap in the market of people that are saying, I have these questions, but I'm not really getting the answers with confidence that I need to feel really good about what I'm doing and the decisions that I'm making with my money. And the questions range on everything from how to pay off credit card debt to how to maximize money from a promotion or a tax refund to how to think about your equity compensation, right? It's just everything. And truthfully, it's different for each person, which is why it's so complicated and hard to feel really good about what you're doing. And, you know, from an employee specific perspective, the stats out there are also pretty staggering. Um, 58% of employees are stressed by their finances and 87% of them want professional help. And so we take the approach of partnering with companies, understanding, okay, for this employee base, what are the types of questions that are top of mind? What's the level of financial sophistication um, that people have? So we understand like from an education perspective, where to begin speaking with them. Um, and also how are they getting paid, right? Because depending on whether you have a normal salary and benefits or you're making money from a side hustle or you're getting paid an equity compensation, it actually leads to very different questions for for you and yourself. And so we come in, we partner with the companies, we get a deep understanding of the needs of these individuals, and then we start to solve for those, both from a company level is also and also engaging with those individuals one-on-one. In a lot of ways, it reminds me of like concierge health, like the company forward, mm-hmm. like you still are going to go to your specialist. You're still going to put your money somewhere else, in this case, your health and somewhere else. But there's someone who's undivided attention is with you and it's not rooted in how much money you have in your pocket or how much I stand to gain. I'm just here to make you feel comfortable and make the most wise uh, you know, decisions you could possibly make. Totally. And we take a very holistic platform approach, right? Which I think is also very helpful because you can sometimes get expertise from an expert who is ultimately monetizing off of a specific end solution. 
but that's not necessarily helpful if they can only speak to you about that, right? So sometimes right. I get the questions of, well, how is this different from what our employee base can get from uh, a 401k, sub, like 401k provider support? And it's like, you know what? That person is fantastic at helping them figure out should they invest pre or post tax money? Uh, should they allocate their retirement? But at the end of the day, the, the challenge for most of us is that we have limitations and trade-offs within our money, right? And so the, the actual decision is not how to invest it. It's should I invest it there or should I pay off my credit card debt or my student loans or, or try to buy my first home or save for my child's education, right? There are actually these broader trade-off decisions, and it's really hard to find folks and tools and, sort, and resources, right, in an unbiased, trustworthy way can understand your situation and help you work through what that is. And so I think the approach that we take is, you know, let's take a broad view and let's help people work through all of those trade-off decisions as well based on, on what's top of mind for them. This makes so much sense when you think about the evolution of the, the Robinhood and, and M1, which has been a sponsor for a while, and I'm a fan of it. I'm probably more sophisticated in the investment side than like a, a normal person. But the idea of simplifying investing in theory was like a great idea. But like the problem is that they only simplified a part of investing, which is the transaction. And it turns out that behind that, there's 800 million pages of legal docs and tax IRS docs that kind of have an impact. I'm <laughs> like, you make trades, like you didn't realize uh, if you bought and sold in a certain time period, you may owe different tax rates based on your capital gains. Like that wasn't really clearly spelled out or like that you can use an IRA to invest in a startup or you could use it in alternative investments. All these things weren't spelled out. And so now you've got all these people with a bunch of money exposed and like maybe they took a bunch of money off the table last year, but now this year their, their stocks are sunk and they owe money. It's a bad spot to be in. And that's also one part of your finances, right? It's your investments. Right. But for most people, that is just one of many, many other decisions that they're thinking through on a daily basis. Well, and I think it also, it clouds their, their judgment because it like, as a person who has to make a lot of decisions and tries to limit the, the amount of decisions I have to make from a you know professional standpoint, it's very easy to get rooted in this like, well, money solves all problems. Sales solves all problems. Like, yes, in theory, that's true. Winning solves the, the drama on a team, right? Like that's, that, it is true. The problem is, unless you're absolutely like a, a complete pro or you have a crystal ball, it's almost impossible for you to actually likely win. Like you're not probably gonna win. And so going after this as like chasing deals as opposed to like solving for a credit issue or solving for like, I'm trying to refi my house and what's the, like, where do I need to be financially next year to be able to do this? Yep, and I, I agree with that. And to your point from earlier, things change all the time, right? And so what we try to do is take a very flexible platform approach where we help employees with, with what is top of mind for them, right? So we basically say, here's our platform. You can go into our platform, you can engage with our tools, learn a lot on your own, watch our videos, content, et cetera or you can join a community session, um, which is where we bring together groups of employees and people ask questions and we go deep on a topic that we know matter to people, or they can set up a one-on-one -on -one appointment with a financial advisor. And what's been really interesting is to see, you know, within that broader flexible platform that we offer, how the questions change, right? And how the oh, needs sure. change from month to month, in some cases, even week to week. Um, because, you know, earlier there were a lot of people saying, 
I'm in this very lucky position where investments and equity is going up. How do I really optimize that? With how the markets are turning, some of the questions are now turning towards, okay, with inflation going up, how do I maximize every dollar of my budget, right? So that I can make sure that as my expenses are going up, I'm making the most out of every single dollar that I'm earning that's coming my way. And we do everything from helping people manage uh, the potential upside of their equity compensation to also helping them when they get laid off, right? And those are all very different questions, but they're all equally important, right? What matters to you in a given moment is how to make the most out of what you have, where you have, and that is a fluctuating thing. It's not, it's not going to be stagnant, and most people, no matter how lucky you are, or where you are in your life cycle, have those types of changes and evolutions over time. I, I could not agree more with you, and, and I, I'm actually thinking about how, how competitive, like right now the hiring market for tech is super, super competitive, and most of the tech companies are gonna hire, at least not on the senior level, they're gonna hire people between 25 and, and 40 tops, and you look at it and it's like, people are getting married and buying homes and having children a little bit later, college kids are coming out with way more debt than ever before, they're going to grad school and saddling even more debt, and like, I genuinely think that they don't really truly understand like when they sign a doc that 30 years later, someone's gonna knock on their door. Like, I don't think that they understand that like what they're dealing with at 25 and how they're spending their money will just continue to push that married kid house decision down the road, even if you don't want to, or you make a decision to do it early and you're in an even worse financial situation. I'm curious from your standpoint, just getting very specific on this, given that a lot of our listeners are startups, on the equity compensation package, like what does that look like? What are people, what questions should people be asking? Because I got another company, Songfinch, that is a startup raising capital and every single person, whether they're a senior hire or the low hire, expect me to say, and here's your option pool. And that's not the case. And they don't realize that that actually could require that they have capital, like in order to you know, actually get it. I love it. And it's a great question. So we actually have a very deep expertise in equity compensation and we work very closely with a lot of tech companies. And here, here's the thing about equity is it's one word, right? It's a very broad word, but it actually yes. has so much nuance to it. There are multiple types of equity. You earn it over time in different ways, depending on the type of equity you're subject to different laws, to different actions. There are various ways to tax optimize that over time, depending on the type of equity that you have, depending on the phase of the company, and then frankly, depending on your personal financial situation and your risk tolerance. So when it comes to what people should understand, right, I think first and foremost, lean into learning about what it is that you're getting offered and what that means. Because if you are lucky enough to take action early on, particularly at a startup where you've joined when they're early, there is a lot that you can do uh, to potentially save a lot of money over time if the company does well. And I think some of the most heartbreaking experiences that I've seen is that people don't realize that until IPO day, right? I worked at Uber for six years, the stock did incredibly well. And the longer you wait, the more expensive it gets to take advantage of certain potential positive outcomes. And so um, one is to just learn early on. And, you know, we have some some resources on this. We also help companies and employees specifically work through this. But that's one. Two is to not just ask your colleague, what are you doing and copy that? Um, <laughs> yeah, please very, don't actually. Just to be yeah, very clear here, please don't do it's that. It's a very common thing, right? Like people don't know what they don't know and right. they don't know who to go to. 
most experts are extremely expensive to go to. So even if you can find someone, like if you're working at a startup and you haven't already cashed in, like maybe you can't afford that person, right? And so um, this is why we partner with companies to come in and provide this because we want everybody to be able to maximize their situation in a way that is right for them, their families, and their risk tolerance. But it's a very hard thing to do. And as a result, you have a lot of people that just ask one another for advice and copy one another's strategies, right? They're creating Slack channels, sharing spreadsheets, and it's not necessarily the right decision for them. And one thing that people do is they get a little bit stuck on like, okay, if I take certain actions early on, here's the big potential upside of savings that I can have. But what they don't recognize is what the cash flow impact of what that might be year to year. And so they get these surprise bills at the end of a tax year. And I think that that's just a dangerous position for, for people to be in because maybe it is the right decision for them if they can afford it and they have uh, the right risk tolerance for it. But I, I think it's actually not an informed enough way to think about it, right? And so we have specific tools that scenario all of that out for you so that before you take any action, you can see what something's going to mean for you on a cash flow impact on an annual basis. Um, we also do a lot of community sessions on this, and then we set up people with equity-focused advisors so they can walk through what is right for them. But my short answer to what you're saying is make sure that you're informed because both on the positive surprises that you could have or the negative ones that might come your way, this stuff is kind of gnarly and the devil is in the details. What do you have... What are the specific terms on the equity that your company might have? And do you really understand what the implications are of various decisions? I mean, listen, you, this, this should be something that founders are, are taking on before they even hire their people. This is not new news to most people who are listening to this, particularly those who may have had an exit or, or, or something even, some sort of qualified financing event that didn't quite go how they thought it would go. That if you have either bad or no lawyering in the beginning, um, how you set your company up, whether you're an LLC and you've got a couple members and you might take an investor and they might have notes and they might be a father-in-law, they might, you know, whatever it is. And then you start getting into like raising, you know, institutional rounds and they want you to convert to a C-corp, all that shit changes. And then it's like, oh no, you have to revest. And, and you're like, I'm sorry, one second. This was my company. I have to what? And then all of a sudden you're celebrating because this big check hits the bank. And then, then some random lawyer who you've never met calls you and says, there's a file of a 83B like, here you go. And you're like, well, what's this for? This was never said. Like we did terms, you negotiate, you do all this stuff. No one ever did this. And if you don't have a lawyer, which most founders, if they have a, a firm that's representing the, the company, they rarely have one that represents them separately. And they have no idea. They're the people who are telling their employees what to do. I would say that there are the issues for the founder, but also the first set of employees that you bring on are the ones that are taking on the biggest risk, right? Like they are oh, trusting for sure. you with an idea. They are helping you kind of take something from zero to one. Those people, if they know for themselves what are the right actions to do, they it can be fairly inexpensive for them to take action early on that enables them to capture all of the upside. Um, I think I think that's what we try to do, right? We try to lean in and help every single employee. I think founders, 100%, I agree with everything that you're saying, but I actually think it's on the on the founder to think beyond themselves and also for their first sets of employees, people that are taking on the biggest risk, find ways to also help them be empowered and, and 
maximize their decisions for themselves too because they they are equally deserving of it given how much they have to work and how much risk they take on as well. I wish that were the case all the time. I mean, we're, we're going to get into your founder story here in a second, but if, if, if you've been paying attention to the, the news and tech crunch over the last, call it two weeks, three weeks, um, the fast, pun intended, uh, crash of, of a bunch of companies, predominantly in the, you know, the quick checkout payment space, we've got founders who are like incredibly talented, but they're also egomaniacs and they very rarely think of anyone but themselves. And in a lot of times, like they don't even think of themselves. And I, and like, there's parts of it where it's just like, and I, I definitely suffer from this. So like, I'm, I'm not preaching to anybody. I just assume I can solve things no matter what. Like I, I just go out down the road. It's like, oh, you know what? Cash flow. that's a tomorrow problem. Like I'll figure it out. And like, I'm lucky so far I have, but I don't think that the luck doesn't run out. I guess what I really like what you're building, what I particularly like about it, it's a way of thinking as much as it is a, an offering and a product for employees and people to benefit. Like it literally is like, let us not take a reactive approach to things. Let us not just throw all the shit into the wind and hope for the best. Why don't we take some very like preliminary cautions to educate ourselves and know what we're all getting into and then we'll let the chips fall where they will. And it, it's just something that people spend so much time ideating and whiteboarding and the garage story founder upbringing and like we're just, you know, work fast and break shit type of deal that they forget about the fundamentals of, of business and like that what success actually looks like. And it, it looks different for different people. And I, I feel like this is a service that could be exceptionally beneficial whether you're in the startup world doing what I'm talking about or you're, you're literally like 61 and looking forward to retire. And it's like, I got five years left here. Like, what could I do differently? Like, this is a powerful tool, I think. Education is a powerful tool. It's really interesting because we service a lot of tech companies, but even within tech companies, right, there are many different types of employees at companies. Right. Uh, and so they have very different needs. And so, you know, the questions that we help people action on, right? Because we don't just do education. We actually help people figure right. out what's the action that you should take as well. The questions are super interesting. We have people that are, you know, talking about equity. How do I maximize that? We lean into that very heavily and provide a really fantastic support through our tools and sessions and one-on-ones there. But we also have people who bring on their spouses, right? And they talk about, okay, how do I retire in the next X number of years? We have people that are trying to figure out, okay, my company has now gone remote. Help me work through the tax implications of moving to a lower cost state or lots of people saying, I'm, you know, we're family planning. Let's talk about all the costs that's going to go into building our family, having kids, what are tax optimized education accounts. And so there's just, there's a lot that you can do. Um, and a lot of ways that you can help people no matter where, uh, they are in their financial journey. And frankly, financial journeys never end. You're always right. Right. So. I'm telling you, I, <laughs> I, I, I'm taking credit. I nailed this at the top of the show. This reminds me so much of Forward, the, the Google, like the guys that left Google and started the medical concierge company, which I'm actually a member of and happy, happy to part of it. Your health only ends when you're dead. Your finances actually don't even end when you're dead. Mm-hmm. Like that's the one thing, like that's the one thing in life that like everything else stops for you, but for everyone else, they're cleaning it up. And like, if you don't take advantage of it early, you're losing out on, on outcome. Yeah. Like that's, that's not even a question, but like later on, like you weren't around before. So I don't, I didn't have that opportunity. Later on, if you don't plan this right, your loved ones are going to be left holding the bag. And like, I, I just think people don't think about it. And I don't think it's because of selfishness. I think they don't think about it because there wasn't an addition wealth that's like telling you like, hey, I can make this really consumable and easy for you. 
So yep. I think this is awesome. One of the reasons why we have such high participation on our platform is because people make financial decisions every day, right? And right. so this benefit applies to every single person at a company. Um, and they're thinking about their money every day. And then at companies, there are moments in time where really big financial decisions are made, right? Whether it's accepting a job offer. We actually have a tool that's all about helping somebody, a candidate that has received a job offer, fully understand what's in that offer, particularly if there's equity compensation, do you understand what type of equity this is, the potential upside you want to talk to someone about, you know, better understanding this? Because if you don't, you may not accept the job, even right. if it's an extremely compelling offer, right? So that's one. Uh, we also, from the equity perspective, lean heavily into secondaries, into IPOs, into all these moments where maybe it's an expensive, risky decision, it feels. Um, but then after, right, they're also, you know, post- IPO or post getting access to, to money, maybe there are additional sales decisions, right? Should I sell all of my RSUs all at once right. to be able to buy a home or instead should I sell them over time to manage some of the tax consequences of that? And if you get access to money, now what do I do with it, right? How right. am I really smart about what does that look like? And so all of these questions are, are intertwined, but we definitely take the approach of helping with all of the daily decisions as well as the bigger ticket decisions that impact folks as well. Boy, I could tell you some stories about people holding on too long and not taking the shares out when they should have. <laughs> uh, and I'm not just talking about this crash. I'm, it's, this is like a common theme. Um, but I, I actually, I do like what you're saying about the secondaries. I think that's another area I didn't think about that a lot of people who have equity have never really thought of like options like Forger and other things that they could technically liquidate some assets if they wanted to, uh, but wouldn't even really know to do it and certainly would not probably have the risk profile to do that. So that is awesome. I have one question on this and then I want to get to how you got here. How would you say the market sort of craziness of, and I don't mean COVID, it's like before COVID we're obviously for like 14 years, it's been like on an uptick. Um, but like the retail interest in investing, how has that impacted the onboarding of, of people wanting to use addition slash the recent rockiness uh, has that any impact in people wanting to even more so sign up for this? I feel like this would be like a great time to make a sales pitch. <laughs> yeah, th thank you for the opportunity. Um, so I, I didn't mean to me. I meant in general, like just the markets are <laughs> shitty. It's like, you know, maybe you could use a hand. Let me help you out totally, here. Totally. I mean, I, I think that's always the case. I do think it's fantastic that more and more people have had access to different types of financial instruments and different yep. types of financial decisions, right? And so... For us, what we're doing is we're providing access to personalized financial advice, right? Because it's one thing to get access to be able to make, take an action. It's another thing to get access to asking an expert or learning on an expert platform what may be the right way to think about this in a way where it's unbiased and truly there to help you. That is not available to most people, right? And there's a massive gap in the US and globally, but in the US there's a massive gap in the market and you know, 87% of employees want professional help, right? And those are also, that also includes people who have access to different types of investments. And so I love that all of these different products and tools and services are becoming available to people because when you look at the traditional models and you ask yourself, why weren't they previously available? It is not because technology can't solve for it. It's because if you focus on the wealthiest people, you can make a lot of money pretty easily. But 
you know, from my perspective, every single person deserves access to that high caliber of support. It's one thing if you have a lot of money, I understand that that money can earn more money. What I fundamentally struggle with is that if you have more money, you get access to better information and advice on what to do with that money. And that seems totally unfair to me, right? Because it should be that the less money you have, the more you're able to stretch it because you need to, right? Not that the more money you have, the more you're able to stretch it. I, I don't know if this is any different today than it was several hundred years ago, but perhaps we're circling around one of the problems in this country and, and why we're starting to have a problem generally across the whole nation, not just politically, socioeconomically, the whole thing. Like you're preaching to the choir on this. Like it has been a mission for us since 20, I don't know, 14 now to democratize investing opportunities. Why is it only that the top 2% get access to deals like when you raise your series A or series B or whatever? Like, why is it that way? And you, you, we hide behind this sophistication wall. We hide behind like, well, these deals are complicated and they require higher you know, minimums. Like, get, like, come on. It is protecting people who want to have a paywall up. And I, I feel yeah. like you're making this point so clearly. In what universe would you not want the people who have the least access to literacy and education get books? You'd want people who can't read to have access to learn how to read. Same thing with financial literacy. And yet, for whatever reason, it's been ignored and I think what you're providing potentially, you know, coupled with what we try to do with on the side of like uh, deal flow and so forth, like potentially can actually create the middle class that we have sort of gotten rid of over the last 25 years. Yep, totally. And, you know, the, the types of testimonials and quotes that we get are so validating and encouraging to me, right? Like after we first launched, I was with certain companies, I was getting pings from employees that I had never met before on LinkedIn saying this is making a massive impact for me and my colleagues. Thank you so much. We have lots of quotes that say I was carrying on to these financial questions for the last three years, but I didn't want to pay thousands of dollars to answer them. Right. right. Or people saying I grew up in a wealthy family, but nobody ever helped me answer these specific questions or enabled me with the tools to figure it out on my own or gave me access to experts who could teach me. And so it's extremely validating to see that no matter where people fall on the spectrum, they're benefiting from what we provide. And listen, like technology enables things that have previously only been enabled to very wealthy groups to be enabled to be scaled to more people, right? And that is what we are doing. We're taking smart financial expertise and we're providing it to more people and we're helping them action on the financial decisions that are that are right for them and their families. And it's an extremely powerful thing, but it's actually crazy to me to think that this hasn't been solved for previously because the demand in the market is massive. It's, you know, it's, well, I mean, I agree with you. I, I think there's a weird, this is one of those weird psychological things too where like no one wanted to talk about it. Like no one wants to admit that they don't know how they're paid. No one wants to admit that they're financially don't understand what's going on because it's like the world makes you think that everyone knows and you're the idiot. And well, so it's like- also so much more complicated, right? It used yes. to be that people would have a couple of jobs throughout their lifetime. And then when they retired, they had a pension and benefits. So your life was pretty clear to you what you were gonna have. Right. Now we live in this world where people are paid in so many different ways. Yes, you have salary, but people switch jobs all the time. Side hustle income is super complicated. Equity compensation is super complicated. When you think about the benefits that you're going to have in retirement or even those that you have today, 
we have switched from a model where your company would make the decision of what that looks like for you to all of the responsibility of making those decisions to fall on the end individual. And right. it is so complicated, right? You asked about part of my founder story and like one of the reasons why I knew that a model like this was needed was because my parents got divorced when my mom was 60 and she was like, okay, can you help me figure out my finances for the rest of my life? And I have a background in finance. I built models figured things out, but I was like, this is a really complicated decision, you know, assessing how much are the expenses going to be, how much are, you know, what's going to be the healthcare costs that come up, estimating until what age someone is going to live, right? Which is right. actually a huge uh, variable in it's that. It's a very map. awkward conversation with mom as well, I would presume. Yeah. I mean, how long are you planning on rolling around here? Just <laughs> ballpark. No, I mean, I mean, we, we have fun with those types of jokes, but it's super complicated. And so expecting individuals to be able to map out everything on their own, because the burden has now fallen on them for all of the actions on making the right decisions, but also the intelligence of how you make those decisions. And that's just too much, right? So we got to find ways to help people figure out what is right for them and make better decisions for themselves that will care for them for the long term. Because I, I'm all about empowerment, but there is also an amount of empowerment that I think can be overwhelming for a lot of folks. It completely is. And it doesn't even matter what level you're at, because like in my own example, I'm a person who's always been pretty high risk as far as like business and things that I'm doing. And I, I have my own bank accounts and whatever. I have a wife and she teaches high school chemistry. And so she's, she knows what she's going to make when she's 63 years old. And I have two little kids, two girls under, under three years old. And she's going like, what's the situation with the will? And what happens if you croak and you've the shares at this company that you're in? Like, what is the deal? I respond to her like, here's how I view it. And she's like, no, 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 no. But like, that's not how I view it. Cause if you're gone, this is what happens next. And then it's like, well, geez, I didn't really think I was planning out the next 30 years of my life tonight, but you are. And it's a really hard thing to do. And you're telling, like, you're asking, not you, but like the world is asking people to not only know what they need to know, but know what they don't know. Totally. And it's like, good luck with that. So like, totally. I, yeah, it's, it, this makes complete sense to me. Um, obviously, you kind of gave a little bit of inspiration as to why this came up. Uh, briefly on this, like, how, what's your, I know your background, you said Uber, you've been in banking. Um, how did you decide to take the leap and actually do this? It's one thing to, to see the need. It's another thing to actually build it. I'd love to know how you got to this spot. Yeah, so my background is in uh, consumer finance. I worked both uh, in the private and public sectors for a private equity fund that invested in consumer finance companies, as well as for the government at the Consumer Financial Protection Bureau. And you know, during that time, I think is where I learned and generated this deep passion around when people get access to the right tools, expertise, products, information, you can live more of the life that you want to live because money is that tool that helps you do that, right? No right. matter where you are. And then working at Uber was really life-changing for me because what we did was we took traditional models, we turned them upside down and through the power of product and technology enabled things that had previously only been available to wealthy people. We basically brought it to the masses. And so the learning of that was really incredible for me. And so I loved my ride at Uber. I was there for six years. After the company went public and had 25,000 people, I wanted to do something different. And for me, I very quickly went back to my love and passion for consumer finance and this deep commitment that I've always had to helping more people get access to personalized financial expertise. And then when I sat back and thought about it, I was like, okay, the demand is clearly there. 
you can use a lot of technology and product to solve for this. It's going to help people improve their lives. Like, why not go do it? So it took me a little while, to be totally honest, to have the courage to say, okay, I'm going to go try and do this. But I started working with some great people and we started running market tests, seeing what was there, if there could be interest. And step by step, but we're off to the races and, and things are going well. I'm, I'm glad you did take the leap. I think it, it certainly helps to be close to something like an Uber and kind of see a little bit of the crazy rocket ship and also the needs. Um, but then, of course, at the same time, like I feel like a lot of founders aren't well balanced. And so like having the bigger company kind of piece of this also is is a pretty important part. I have two last questions for you, then I'll let you go. One is a stupid question uh, that is for my own self-edification. And the other one is a real one. Well, let's go with the stupid one first. <laughs> did you watch Super Pumped and did you like it? <laughs> I have not. I have not watched it because I'm on a chat group with a lot of people that have commented on it in real time while it's been rolled out and talk about. I feel like I know what is accurate and what is not, but it's funny. I've watched all the others. I've watched We Crashed. I watched the Elizabeth Holmes one. I will get there, but I have I have not yet watched it. I had to ask because I just had a weird run of guests on the show or people I've had on the show in the past <laughs> that are, are part of those type of movies. And so I, I had to ask because they've all Still said that they've like watched it, it and sort of like close to home. I'll, I'll get there, but I'm not I'm not emotionally ready. I think <laughs> we'll, we'll report back. You let us know when you've actually watched it, and then we'll we'll have a whole episode about it. Um, yeah. No, but the the last question I have is more of a tactical decision. You decided to go uh, through the per employee per month kind of model. What, if anything, was the deal that made you decide I want to go this way versus going direct to consumer? Totally. So my goal is very much around helping the end employee, right? Like I care yeah. about helping people make the most out of their money. Obviously, we're solving a lot of important company questions along the way, but I did a couple of things. One, because the demand was so clear of this problem, I actually spent a little while in my initial research saying, if the demand is so clear, like why hasn't this been solved, right? Because I'm not the first person to recognize right. it. I'm not the only capable like entrepreneur out there. Like why? And so I did research on companies that had attempted this from a D2C perspective. I spoke with some expert investors saying like, what do you think? And very quickly it became clear that the cost of acquisition of each end user is just extremely high. So yeah. it becomes very hard to pay back that cost in a way that end consumers are going to pay for something, right? Yep. And so for me, the learning was more around, okay, how can we build a sustainable business model? And then once I started engaging with companies, they actually were super open about, here's what we want to solve for employees, but here are these other super important needs that we have where we really want to help our employees solve these challenges. Can you help us do that? We would pay for this. And so there's also a lot of power in partnering with companies because you can provide a much better experience immediately when yep. you understand what that is and when you partner with the companies to do that. And so I initially did it because I knew that the cost of acquisition would be really hard to make work on the on like a business model front. But the more I've leaned into the B2B2C model, the more I've realized that like companies are fantastic partners. HR people really care about the end employees. And so when you partner with them, it also becomes this really great experience of helping employees get what they need faster. Makes sense to me. Um, I would absolutely love to see a partnership down the run here with like you and like Rippling. 
Like, I, yeah. I feel like Rippling has all these great tools. Some of them are great. Some of them are not as great. But the idea of, like, integration and just, like, imagine, like, the, the favor it does for HR that they don't have to answer all these questions and they can go straight to you and be like, check this out, like, whatever. So I, I'm just throwing that out there if yeah, there's totally. a Rippling We're deal. We're more than if they're listening. partnering with great companies out there who have similar goals in mind. I think a lot of people share these goals. And many companies are approaching it from different angles. And I think coming together and partnering is a fantastic thing to do. Awesome. Well, Anna, this was an absolute pleasure. Uh, where do people go to, to learn more about this? Where do companies go and reach out uh, yes. to, to add this to the, to the product suite? Additionwealth.com. There's a button on there that says reach out. Uh, if you reach out, we will follow up the next day or awesome. same day. I love it. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you so much, Scott. Great to connect. If you're interested in self-directed investing from startups to crypto and public markets, my Substack is a great way to learn how professional investors screen, review, and pull the trigger on deals. Join the largest community of micro-investors and startup founders on Substack by going to katoon.com. <laughs>